camp has been the root of basically everything good that's happened in my life. And I just felt like it was my duty to give that gift and pay it forward. Welcome everyone to Do Well and Do Good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 72. I am so excited to introduce you today's guest. But before I do that, it is almost the end of the month, which means that in just a few days, we will be voting on the April edition of the Do Well and Do Good Challenge. This is where you can make your voice heard in the poll inside of our free Facebook community on which of the nonprofits nominated by my guests in April that we'll be making a donation to on behalf of the podcast. So head over to dowellanddogood.co backslash FB to join the group. And I will see you there on May 1st. Today's guest is none other than Scott Tatelman. I was absolutely lit up by this conversation with Scott. He truly defines the term social entrepreneur and has made it his life's work to balance profitable business ventures with truly making the world a better place, especially for kids from underserved and underfunded neighborhoods. See, Scott created two nonprofit summer camps serving kids from New York City, Boston, and Chicago and then set out to build a for-profit company with a nonprofit pedigree. He launched State Bags with his wife, Jacqueline, which is a Brooklyn-born bag brand built on supporting American kids and families in situations of need. Now, State Bags goes beyond just simple donations of backpacks, and they really have created this platform where they're not only giving back monetarily, but they're also truly working to make an impact emotionally in these kids' lives and to bring awareness to social causes that are truly some of the most important and impactful issues in today's world. I was nearly brought to tears during portions of this conversation with Scott, and I'm truly inspired by the work that him and his wife, Jacqueline, are doing with State Bags. So without further ado, here's my interview with Scott Tatelman. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, let's dive straight into your story. So set the stage for me. What was life like for you growing up and what beliefs around money were instilled in you when you were young? Growing up was a great experience for me. I had a pretty incredible childhood. My dad actually is one of the most innovative, respected, beloved businessmen in New England history. And I always watched him build this business, you know, take it over from kind of mom and pop shop to really revolutionizing an industry. But he did it in a way that was always focused on supporting the community around him and really providing all types of things and love to the people that worked for him. And I, I always watched that striving to do something similar with my life and my career. But I wasn't really sure if the furniture industry, which is where 
he was was really right for me. So I wanted to kind of carve my own path, but to do it in a similar way that my dad did with creativity and with love and with just a real sense of giving back. I also had an older sister that always worked with kids and started her own summer camps and was always director of summer camps. So working with kids, working in the communities and giving back was always something that was instilled in our family from a very young age. And in terms of your question about money, and this is something that my wife and I are really trying to figure out with our own two kids and how to navigate that world is I always remember my dad saying to me, if anybody asks you if you're rich, you should say to them, I'm rich because I have a loving family because they give me all the love and everything that I would need. And it's great that we have a nice house and we have a roof you know, to live under, but at the end of the day, it's I'm rich because of the people around me. And I always thought that was the cheesiest response that I could possibly give to my friends if you know they ever asked me because my dad was a public figure and he was on TV a lot. So as a kid, you immediately think, oh, he's on TV. They must have a lot of money, which wasn't the case. But my dad was kind of preparing me for those types of questions that kids would often ask. I was always brought up with this sense of like money is just a thing and it's not the most important thing. And that's why we've built this business that gives away a lot of the money that we're making. And that's always been the intention from the very start. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, money is just a tool, right? Um, but when you, when you don't have it, you know, there's so much, so much opportunity. I think that, you know, a lot of us grew up with like the ability to go to summer camps, right? These places where, you know, you're really fostering community, you're building relationships, you're learning. And so tell me about how this passion started for you to give that opportunity to kids whose families couldn't afford it. So I was working full-time for a summer camp in Maine. I was assistant director and boys head counselor. And I remember all the kids leaving at the end of August and the weather still being perfect and the grass was still green. And I was walking around the facility thinking, about the gift of camp and the impact that it had made on me as a person and wondering why couldn't we give this gift to kids who otherwise wouldn't have this opportunity. So the wheels started turning and that fall I reached out to the Mark Wahlberg Foundation and the Boys and Girls Clubs of Boston and threw out this idea of giving the gift of camp to kids from Boston's most underfunded neighborhoods and starting a, a program that would send 150 or 200 kids from Dorchester and Roxbury, parts of Boston, to camp and providing them with that experience that I was given from eight years old all the way up until I was probably too old to probably still be going to camp. And we did it. That following summer, we launched what we called Camp Northbound. And I'll never forget the first summer and seeing those kids getting off the bus and watching them walk around and just like rolling in the grass and like unpacking their bags into the cabins and then seeing them actually go into action at camp and thinking, this is what I want to do. This is my purpose in life. I loved working with kids who obviously had the resources and the ability to, to go to camp and could afford it. But there was something inside of me that was driving me to give it to kids who didn't have that opportunity and those resources. And there was just a different type of experience that 
drove me to another level. And that's what kind of led me to start working for nonprofits here in New York, which then led me to start my own nonprofit that ended up supporting kids here in New York City's most underfunded neighborhoods through Camp Power. So camp has been the root of basically everything good that's happened in my life. And I just felt like it was my duty to give that gift and pay it forward. So how did you fund these programs for these kids to be able to go to this camp? Uh, Well, the first Camp Northbound was funded all through the Mark Wahlberg Foundation. So it's become their signature program. They do a lot of great work during the school year for a lot of kids from Boston. But Camp Northbound has become like the thing and the main thing that they raise money for. Um, When I started putting thoughts together around Camp Power, I reached out to a family foundation that knew me and knew the work that I had been doing. And they just got on board. They understood the impact that Camp could make. They saw the impact that Camp Northbound had made and just kind of believed in my vision. And we are going into our 11th summer. And we've served now thousands of kids from New York City's most underfunded neighborhoods and parts of Chicago as well. That's absolutely incredible. And being, I'm not from Chicago, but I've lived here the last six years or so. And, you know, seeing the impact that programs like that have on kids who really do come from the most underserved neighborhoods, you know, in a city where there's so much violence, there's so much social inequality, the ability for you to provide that experience for kids is really, you can't even measure the impact that that has on them, both in the immediate sense, as well as on the trajectory of their lives. So tell me the story of how State Bags was, you know, created. Where did you get this idea from? So we started, um, my wife and I, about, you know, three or four summers into Camp Power and it becoming like a central part of our lives and spending a lot of time in the neighborhoods and being the focal point of our summer. We started seeing this recurring unfortunate theme of kids coming to camp or during the school year, carrying their stuff in trash bags or ripped shopping bags it just made no sense to us. Like we were, we were looking around, seeing a lot of great work serving kids overseas who obviously needed the support, but there weren't a lot of companies that were focusing locally and supporting kids here in the United States that were living literally in our own backyard, just miles away from us. And so we wanted to start a one-for-one company that supported kids here, but to do it in the way that we have with Camp Power. So it's more than just a handout. It's more than just material donations, but it's, it's role models. It's unique experiences. It's lighting that fire within kids that they can beat the odds that are often stacked up against them growing up in these neighborhoods. So we have been a one-for-one company for five years. We've been able to sell a lot of bags, which fueled us to give a lot of bags across the country. But I think what we're most proud of is the way that we give these bags. So we bring that vibe and that energy of Camp Power to what we call our bag drop events when we go into schools and nonprofit organizations and homeless shelters and Ronald McDonald houses, you know, serving kids undergoing cancer treatment. And we basically bring kind of a mind blowing experience to them where we bring in role model figures and motivational speakers and celebrities and DJs. And it's kind of this bigger experience than just like, here's a bag. But 
obviously they're getting bags, they're getting fully stocked bags that we're able to pack with necessary items, but they leave feeling kind of empowered and different about themselves. And that, like I said, that they can beat those odds. And we've been able to do that across the country. And we've worked with some really incredible celebrities that's helped get those bags out there. And uh, we're still going strong. That's amazing. So I'm curious, what were some of the biggest challenges for you in taking state from a concept, an idea to an actual reality and creating these physical products? How much time do we have? (laughs) Right. If you're an entrepreneur, I think anybody can attest to the fact that the challenges are endless and every day brings a new roller coaster ride, whether it is the highest achievement that you ever thought that you could get to and just the lowest feeling that you could ever feel in your life. I think for me and for us, a huge challenge has been for Jacqueline and I as husband and wife figuring out how to successfully work together while we raise two young kids. So dividing and conquering, understanding each other's uh, strengths and limitations and being cognizant of those, but also sympathetic to them, but in a, in a marital way, it's, it, there's a lot of challenges there, but, and we've, you know, had some marital counseling to help us get, get us through those tough moments. But, you know, I think for, for me, the challenge has been to separate from the pack as a socially conscious brand, because now, I mean, we're on a podcast right now about doing good and it's, it's incredible that there's all these companies right now that are built to support people who need help. But there's also a lot of companies that are doing it because it's popular. That's been tough for us because we built this company not to create a gajillion dollar brand, but to really support communities and families that need help. So kind of breaking away from that big grouping of like, this is a one for one and that's a donating a portion of the proceeds and, and being real pioneers in the space has been something that I've been really focused on and trying to evolve our mission in ways that I believe nobody else has with our bag drop programs and our what do we tell the kids platform and the fact that we've just retired our one for one model and are now doing something completely different. We're always trying to innovate and have been since day one. So tell me about that. Why did you retire the one for one model? So we've always tried to kind of distance ourselves from saying we're not just a company that just gives stuff away, but we do so much more. And there's been a lot of storytelling that's had to go into that and some struggles and educating customers as to how we're doing that. But this past summer, I did this big initiative in Flint, Michigan for back to school where we did this, what do we tell the kids project around the unsung heroes of the community and highlighting the people that are just doing incredible work beyond this insane ongoing water crisis. We did a bag drop event. We donated over 10,000 bags to kids in Flint. And as I was talking to people in Flint, kind of laying out my vision for how I wanted to help and we wanted to help, I had this conversation with a principal there who basically said, this sounds incredible and we really need the bags, but what we really need is for people to know that our water is still poisoned. And I was kind of like, oh my God, like, Yes. Like, yes, that's exactly what you need. And that's what we need to do. So how can we evolve and how can we be better than just 
doing what we've already been doing? How can we be flexible for people like those in Flint and beyond? So we decided as of January 1st, 2019, that we were going to officially retire the one-for-one so that we could be more flexible with our model. So that instead of just being pigeonholed into donating product through backpacks, we could donate a portion of our funds. We could use our platform to shed light on social injustice issues like we've been doing and using our resources to do that. We could donate our time. We could donate our love. So it's not just kind of a, a product-focused initiative, but it's, it's way more than that. And now we've been able to do things tied to our spring and summer collections that we never would have been able to do before. So donating a portion of proceeds with specific capsules and collections going to organizations and causes that we so deeply believe in and using our resources to do that. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's all about flexibility and that that makes complete sense. And I think, Scott, you have a really unique perspective having started a nonprofit with the camps and then moving into beginning state. And I think that there are really some inherent limitations that come along with a nonprofit. So I'm curious to hear you talk a little bit about how creating a for-profit, for-cause business gives you leverage to be able to do more. For us, it's different types of storytelling. So, you know, for Camp Power, when we are, that's my nonprofit, when we are looking to raise funds or put on an event, there's a different kind of tone that you take when you are trying to approach your nonprofit supporters. And I don't know how to really describe that tone, but we've kind of like figured out what that is. And we've kind of like hit our stride in like our messaging and how we position it and the, like the assets we use in the videos and all that stuff. And it's been pretty successful for us. But with state, as a for-profit business, you're able to utilize different types of channels that we wouldn't necessarily think about using. So the fact that we can fuel all our Instagram and Facebook and, you know, online advertising to be very product focused and kind of balance the, the fact that supporting this brand is going to continue supporting our giving initiatives just gives us more of like a multifaceted story to tell with Camp Power. It's like, you know, if you give us money, we're going to be able to both send a lot of kids to camp as well as support them during the school year. And it's very cut and dry. Whereas state, it's kind of like, look at all these products to choose from for your kids, for your husband, for your wife, for your boyfriend, whatever it is. And look at all of the ways that purchasing and supporting state bags is going to go towards a variety of different initiatives and things that they're going to be doing down the road and things that they've done already. So there's like a little bit more of an edge that you're able to put out there with a for-profit because people kind of expect that. But if you can balance that edge with a heart and to show that what you're doing is genuine and authentic on the mission side, then I think that's where you try and strike the right balance. And it's taken us a while to do that, but I think we've gotten there. Yeah. I mean, you're giving people products that they would want regardless, right? But then 
when you layer in this mission that that you have at state, it gives people a reason to connect to the brand on a deeper level and to you know feel proud of where they're spending their money. And I think from my perspective, at least, you know, as consumers are getting more educated and more aware of choices in the marketplace, the market's going to start to demand that that businesses are doing good in some way because you know, when you have the choice of buying a backpack, for example, from you know a business like State that is making such an incredible impact and one that isn't, you know, it's it's a pretty clear cut choice when the products are you know of equal or even higher quality and value. And and that's like. When I've started talking to different groups about what we do and how the importance of authenticity is so big for us, that's my main message is if you're going to create some type of business or some type of arm to your business that's charitable, it needs to be done with the same level of focus and the same manpower as a marketing strategy or a financial plan would. Because if it doesn't, it's going to fall flat and it's going to look disingenuous. And we've seen that from other companies, and other examples in the past with like marketing campaigns that have tried to have some kind of social component to it because customers, like you said, are getting very savvy now and they can understand what's, what's BS and, and what's real. So we spend a lot of time just really doing our due diligence. And before we launch anything that's mission focused, we make sure that, our partners are okay with it and every all the language is right and the impact that we're making is real and the people on the on the other end of the giving side of it really feel like this is truly impacting their lives in a positive way because if that because if it's not then like what are we doing and you know we're not interested in just putting stuff out there just to put it out there like it has to actually positively impact people's lives and where they're going so Right. And you mentioned earlier, I mean, businesses that that implement some sort of contribution or giving aspect because it's popular, you know, when you treat that portion of your business as an afterthought rather than something that you're doing very consciously and you know very intentionally, I think that shines through. And, you know, like you said, customers are savvy and they pick up on that. And so the way that with state it is really like such a core part of the fabric of the company. I think is really important. It's super important. I mean, my job here is I'm the give back guy. So like literally every day, all day, all I'm doing is figuring out how to innovate ways that we give, how to connect with our charitable partners and how to continue evolving in ways that we never have before. What I think is so cool about State is that you you really have leveraged the power of partnerships in a pretty incredible way. I was, saw uh, on your website as I was preparing for this interview that you have a partnership with American Airlines. Um, you know, you do things like this that really amplify your voice in the marketplace. Could you talk a little bit about how you create these partnerships and you know really what that's done for your business? Yeah, we've been really fortunate started with a partnership with Beyonce and then ran with The Honest Company and working with Jessica Alba and Chance the Rapper and President Obama's My Brother's Keeper Initiative and Star Wars and American Airlines. And we've had some really incredible moments. Um, And I would bring that back to authenticity because most times the ways that work is 
my wife and I just somehow connecting with the people at those organizations or businesses and talking through how we could both create great product that people are going to want, as well as making it a real impact to communities that need it. And the fact that we've been able to offer both, but really leading with how we're going to support people and tapping into what drives our partners emotionally. So, you know, with Chance, it was a big initiative we were doing in Chicago that was already in place. And with our, what do we tell the kids, short film and a backdrop at the uh, Chicago White Sox ballpark during back to school time. So already we were doing something in his backyard that really spoke to him. And, you know, when we talked to the White House, when President Obama was there about, you know, working across the country during back to school time, it was his My Brother's Keeper initiative that was rolling out across 30 cities. So how can we support 30,000 kids with backpacks for back to school time? And like, it kind of becomes this no brainer. Like, how can you pass up on the chance to work with a brand that is already doing so much good and plans to do so much good. And then we could just do it together and kind of amplify our efforts collectively. So for us, it's really been driven by the mission and the impact that we can make. And that's a big reason why American airlines was interested in us. And you know, the list goes on. Gosh, that is absolutely incredible. When I asked that question, I even had no idea that it went so deep. So that, that's really remarkable. I commend you on that. But to speak to some of our challenges from the past, like the fact that you didn't know about those partnerships also speaks to the fact that we're trying to figure out how to leverage those moments, that they don't live in a vacuum because quite frankly, a lot of them have. And people are surprised to hear that we've worked with Star Wars and, you know, the Honest Company and all that stuff. So from a marketing perspective, we're trying to figure it out. I, I think we're never, we never fall short of ways that we give back during those moments in partnerships, but it's finding ways to, for people like you in Chicago and elsewhere to learn that, wow, like State Bags is doing this thing and like, I'm going to check them out. Wow, they have a great charitable mission. Look at these products and check out bags and you know so that's kind of uh that's our the next frontier for us i love that and you're definitely doing it with these podcast interviews and and everything so that's absolutely amazing well scott i'm curious so whether it be through camp power or what you're doing with state tell me the story of one of your most meaningful or fulfilling moments of giving god there's so many like we do so much stuff but um There are a lot to choose from as we've done so many, so many giving initiatives that have really like been super emotional, but we have this platform called what do we tell the kids, which I've mentioned a couple of times. And and the whole idea of it was actually started at Camp Power again, because I started overhearing kids at camp talking to their counselors about Black Lives Matter. There was these moments where, you know, campers were asking their counselors who were most times social workers, you know, trained child development specialists, teachers, like, you know, highly educated educators. They were stumbling on how they should answer questions like, do I matter? And did I ever matter? And why don't I matter? And I just felt like this was 
crazy. And this was a phenomenon that needed to be shared. So that fall, we launched our first project that focused on educators in these communities that were most impacted by Black Lives Matter and asking them how they're talking to their kids about issues like Black Lives Matter. And then that kind of evolved into more projects around other issues. So like harmful language around the LGBTQ community and how words like faggot and that's so gay, that's gay, or like just really hurtful and and impacting so many. And then that turned into a video about the word retarded and doing a piece about people with disabilities and how that word has just been like just crippling for them. And yet people are still using it so casually. So we kept going with these projects. And I, I bring it up to your question because there's been moments throughout the build out of those projects that have been insanely emotional and like very hard to get through. And the first project, the, the Black Lives Matter one, I'll never forget one of our Camp Power educators talking about that she had just had a son and she was talking about how my son and her son are going to live different lives because my son has white skin and her son has black skin. And she's never going to feel comfortable with her son leaving the house and how that is something that is going to literally paralyze her with fear for the rest of her life. And she started breaking down. This was like the toughest woman that I've ever met in my life. And I've never seen her cry, never seen her get emotional. And she started breaking down on the side of the street as I was interviewing her. And I just felt like, how can this not be a bigger conversation? How can this not be something that people are, are talking about? The fact that the fact that people are challenging that Black Lives Matter should even be a movement when these types of feelings and conversations are happening. So I'll never forget that. And then we also did a project about mass incarceration and how it's impacting kids and communities. And it has been for decades. We brought in a group of kids called Echoes of Incarceration that's based here in New York City. And they do these photo and video projects about how incarceration has just impacted so many. So we worked with them on an illustration project and we, we did this beautiful project about, about that. And when we launched the project, we brought them all into our office to share their story and to talk about it. And we did like an Instagram live session with all of them for our followers to see. And it really struck me because as our team was watching and listening to this this group of very young people whose siblings and parents have been incarcerated for these like minor drug offenses and are still locked up for decades. Everybody in the audience just listening and people on Instagram were like, it was like they had never really heard that this was a thing and that this was a real thing. And putting faces to these stories was a moment I'll never forget because I remember one of the participants from Echoes started getting really emotional and she, again, wasn't somebody that I knew to get emotional, but the fact that we had given this platform for her to tell her story and to educate people, I was just kind of like, this is why we started this business. Like, screw selling stuff. We have to keep building our platform and our, our microphones so that we can educate as best we can because there's so many people right now that are scared shitless and they are terrified as to 
what is happening in this country and how pushed down they're getting, how marginalized they're feeling and unheard they are. And for us to just stand back and say, well, we're just going to keep selling stuff is just the most irresponsible stance a company can take in my view. So it's all about being on the right side of history right now. And like we're bent on, on doing that. So that was an incredibly long answer. I could probably keep going about Flint and about our LGBTQ initiative and everything else, but um, I'll pause. Oh, preach. You've got me close to tears, Scott. That's absolutely incredible. And the work that you are doing to change lives and, and really make these voices heard is beyond inspiring. So I thank you and I applaud you for that. It's a, it's a group effort. Teamwork makes a dream work. Well, this is helpful that, you know, being on this is, is a way to amplify these stories and that work. So, Well, Scott, unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I'd love to move into what I call the impact round. So here's how it'll go. I'm going to ask you a series of short questions, and I'd love for you to just respond with the first answer that pops into your mind. You ready? I think so. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Scott, who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success? My dad. And then who has been the most impactful person in feeding this drive to do good and really make an impact? Roger Redhead. He's the guy that helped me start Camp Power. He's been my sidekick from the very start. He's one of our guys that does our bag drops. and He's one of the most inspirational role models that kids from underfunded communities or any community could ever have. He, he inspires me. Amazing. And Scott, when you're having a bad day, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk? Do you have any sort of personal development practices that you rely on? Well, in the old days, I would take my dog for a long walk and just kind of get my thoughts out and that way. But now it's just hanging out with my kids. I love that. And quickly, this isn't part of the impact round, but I'm just curious, how do you instill in your kids the importance of contribution and giving back? Is it just through them watching what you do or is there more to it than that? I think that's helpful. But what I would say for people who don't have like a job like mine that can just like pick up their kids out of school and like come to a bag drop and like be part of that experience is find the littlest things, the littlest moments or opportunities to engage your kids in giving. We started something years ago where we have a piggy bank that you can, there's like three slots. It's invest, it's save, and it's donate. Maybe you can just scrap out invest for now because that's kind of a tough one to, to grasp as a kid. But if you have a save and a donate slot in a piggy bank, all of a sudden this idea of I could keep it for me or I could give to somebody who needs it is part of this like mentality that starts to kick in for kids where they understand that maybe it's not all about me. Maybe it's about saving for people who need it. Maybe when I leave the house, I'm going to take a dollar out of the donate you know, pile and have it in my pocket in case there's somebody asking for money on the subway or on the street and I can give to them. And so we've done little things, even like on a Sunday afternoon, it's snowing, whatever, we'll bake cookies and we'll just walk around the neighborhood and just give cookies to people that work in our local grocery store or wherever. And it's just like, always thinking about people who would appreciate the littlest gestures as kids. And, and my daughter especially has gotten such like life out of that. 
she just, she loves feeling like she's making other people's day better. And I think that's just been those little things that we've done throughout the way. And so I worry for her because she's as empathetic as I am, if not more. So she's going to be wearing the world on her sleeve, but or on her back, but she'll be okay. I hope. I hope. I'm so glad I asked. That was an amazing answer. Well, back to the impact round. What book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? The book I'm reading right now is incredible. It's called The Short and Tragic Life of Robert Peace. I tend to read books about communities or or people who um, have incredible stories to tell. And oftentimes that's in inner cities. And this book has been really eye-opening and uh, just an incredible read. So that's the one I'd say for now. I'm reading the first Harry Potter book with my daughter right now. Ooh, fun. (laughs) Not necessarily a hot take for people to read Harry Potter. I think that one is out of the bag. (laughs) I recommend it for a six-year-old. I'm always amazed when I meet someone who says they haven't read Harry Potter. I'm like, I don't care how old you are. Go read those books. <laughs> I'm not into wizardry, but I'm kind of into this. It's fun. <laughs> Very addicting. And lastly, Scott, what is the best piece of advice related to happiness that you'd give our listeners? I'll tell you the best piece of advice. Every day when I drop my kids off at school, I don't know if this is related to happiness, but I kind of feel like it gives this full view of themselves in the world in a weird way. But when I say goodbye to them, I say, be good, learn lots, have fun, do your best. Well, Scott, as you know, here on the show, we have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. This is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the nonprofits that are nominated by my guests. Could you tell us what organization you're nominating and why? It can absolutely be your own, by the way. We work with so many nonprofits, but here's what I would say, because this is fun and I never do self-serving stuff like this, but Camp Power is an organization that is not certainly recognized across the country. We have a small network of people that support it, but the impact that we've made, and that's not, this is not me. This is a collective effort amongst a lot of incredible, loving people is hard to describe. We have impacted thousands of kids across New York City and, like I said, parts of Chicago, not just with summer camp, but with year-round programming. So last week we went ice skating in Prospect Park. We have a Thanksgiving dinner every year with the the whole camp, hundreds of kids, a bowling event, spring soiree. So we engage the kids and we keep the what we call the Camp Power family together all year. I really feel like if you love kids and you love camp and you love sending kids to camp who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity, there's no better place to put it than at camppower.org. It's, uh, it's making a real impact and we've been able to send kids from being little campers to now full-fledged staff members and college kids. So it's real. Well, I, for one, am so glad that you chose Camp Power. And I think that I'll uh, challenge your hedging at the beginning there because I'm having trouble thinking of anything less self-serving than what you're doing with that organization as well as with state. So Scott, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, to check out your state bags and to follow everything that you're doing? You can go to statebags.com. We have an incredible new spring collection that's out right now. We have a summer collection launching soon. 
Our spring collection, actually, a portion of our proceeds are going to benefit the Time's Up movement, so supporting fair and ethical working conditions and safe working conditions for women. Our summer collection is going to support a camp that we love, and that is the program Seeds of Peace, which is this incredible program that happens in Maine that brings together kids of embattled communities. Every purchase made supports American kids and families in need in the ways they need it most. So you can go to statebags.com and we're going to activate the code do good for 20% off. So do good at statebags.com. Scott, I cannot tell you how lit up I am by our conversation. You are absolutely incredible. And I'm truly grateful to you for coming on the show. I'm grateful for you having me. I'm sorry I got emotional a couple of times. It's got to happen. It's kind of, you kind of got me. uh, (laughs) I appreciate it. I'm so glad. Thanks, Scott. All right, everyone, that's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. Send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co and your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free and that's by voting. See, in the first couple days of each month, we host a vote inside of our free Facebook community to determine which of the nonprofits nominated the month before that I will then donate a portion of my advertising agency's profits to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard, and we've been able to raise money for some incredible organizations doing good in the world. So if you'd like to be a part of it, then head over to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, where you'll find a link to join the group. Once you're inside, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. We're having so much fun inside there. So head over again to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you on the inside. It means the world to me to earn your time. So thank you so much for listening.